Hola, Jumbo Ekabo. Welcome to the Rich Immigrant Podcast. This podcast was created to be what the next immigrant needs to thrive and what we need as an immigrant community. In this podcast, we talk about attaining financial independence, living full lives in the new countries we call home, and we'll do all that while talking about topics that pertain to the immigrant community all over the world. We'll do that with grace, with truth, with love, and yes, with great background music. So please, dance into every podcast episode with me. I'm Diola Teru, and I'm your host. Welcome. Hello, hello, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 8 of the Rich Immigrant Podcast. I'm Diola Teru, and I am back with a popping topic today. Um, But before I get into this episode's topic, I want to talk about something, the coolest thing that I saw in the past week that I need you to get on if you haven't been on it. And so I'm a big fan of Humans of New York. I have all their books I follow on Instagram because, I mean, it just brings our humanity to life. And, And Brandon does such a great job in telling stories of people from different walks of life all over the world. And I'm such a big fan of it. I've been a big fan of the platform for as long as I can remember. And so last week, we all sat on the edges of our seats and read an 11 part story um, about a couple and the founders of the shoe brand um, Atoms. It is, you know, story after story that was posted over a, a few, a few, was it a few days, a few hours? Um, we just saw the epitome of resilience, the epitome of what the immigrant spirit is and what it stands for. And I have not seen a story like that. I really, really, really have not. I mean, they had every reason to give up, every obstacle at every turn. But for some reason, they, they, they hung on. And I asked myself, if I were presented with the circumstances that they were, I kind of consider myself a pretty resilient person, but they put me to shame and they deserve all the accolades, all the flowers. And it is such an honor to get to know them and to get to read their stories and get to read, you know, how, how, how she told, she told their stories from how they met and their friendship and just, I mean, you need to read it for yourself. Um, just it's just crazy. And, and I love that she told a story from her perspective and it just wasn't just focused on their relationship. It was, it was, we went from wherever her, wherever she was raised in Pakistan and went to Lahore and then we came to New York with them. Um, we literally went on that journey with them and what an honor it is to have read those stories. Um, if you haven't checked it out, please look at the last Humans of New York series um, it is, it's one for the books. It's one for the books. I think they should write a book. Um, so, so please check it out. And I tried to order one of their shoes and their website crashed. So I will be trying again. And so let's get into the topic of this week's episode. This week, I'm going to talk about, you know, five things that you should do today to improve your credit score. That's the topic that we're talking about. And so for most of us um, living, um, you know, in the U.S., in the U.K., our credit matters, right? And so when I first came to the U.S., 
Um, of course, I had no idea what credit was or why it was important and all of that. And even when I got my first Wells Fargo credit card with a $300 limit, of course, I had no credit history. And so I was just happy to have even finally gotten a credit card. Um, that credit card was limit was later increased to $800 and then $1,200. And now I have probably over $50,000 in, in a credit card, um, in credit card limits across two credit cards. Um, but at the time when I got that $300 limit credit card, I had no idea what I was getting into. I was just glad I had something to use to pay some of my bills. I used it to first buy groceries in school when, you know, I didn't have enough money to pay for my rent and buy food. <laughs> um, and generally, my relationship with my credit card was that, you know, my payments were generally on time. I would at least make the minimum payments. Um, and, um, you know, I also had I had a couple of late payments. Right. Um, but I've generally had a good score, not always excellent, but I've generally had a good score because I generally paid things on time. And a good score in the U.S. is, you know, the credit scoring is on a scale of, you know, zero to 850 from 670 to 740 is considered good. Um, from 740 to 799 is considered um, very good, and 800 and above is considered excellent. And so if you need to buy a house, and most of us don't have cash to buy a house outright, or perhaps get a car loan or take out a student loan, um, you might need to have, you'll need to have, you know, decent credit. And so what is your credit score, right? What is a credit score and, 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 and why should you look at that? So the credit score is a score that they give you that's an indication of, of your credit worthiness. Sometimes many immigrants come and we don't always make the right choices and we go down a rabbit hole with credit and multiple credit cards and all that stuff. And, and you know, one way or another, we, are, we have bad credit scores. And so we have trouble when it comes down the line to, you know, buy a car, buy a house and things of the sort. And so today I wanted to talk about six things that you can do. Um, and there's something for everyone on this list. Six things that you can do to improve your credit score. Number one, pay your bills on time and at least pay the minimum. Nothing else will work if the bills are unpaid. And so if you're not able to pay all your bills on time, then you need to consider prioritizing your bills and looking at which ones would, you know, impact your credit score, which one would, you know, potentially report to a credit um, agency. Um, but also another thing to do if you can't pay is to call your creditor and, and tell them, hey, if you're going to be 30 days late, make an arrangement to pay and ask them to consider not putting that on your credit report or reporting that to the credit bureau, which they typically do every 30 days. And so your payment history is the single most important factor in your credit score. Late payments will stay on your score for on your report for seven years. I've been there. I've done that. Even my few late payments stayed on my report for seven years and then they finally got taken off. So that's the first thing. The second thing is keep your credit utilization low. And what is credit utilization? So credit utilization is the portion of your credit limit that you have used. So for example, it, it is the calculation of it is it's like the total balance on all your credit cards divided by your total credit card limit. You can calculate it in aggregate for all your credit cards or you can do it, you know, for just one credit card. Um, the formula is the same. 
And so it is another big factor in that determines what your credit score is. And so the lower the utilization, you know, the better, the better for your credit score. So I'll give an, ex I'll give an example of what, how you would calculate that. So for example, you have a $1,000 um, $1, credit card limit, right? And you have spent $300 on it. So your credit utilization is 30%. It's the 300 divided by the to total $1,000 limit. You know, you can keep your utilization low by either paying your balance off in full every month or as an extra tip, you know, knowing that credit cards report to the credit bureau every month, the time that they report to the bureau doesn't necessarily coincide with your payment date. And so it might actually be better for you to make your payment before the payment date so that your utilization is reduced. Because so if, for example, you owe $300 and you will plan to pay a $50 payment for the month. If you make your payment after they've reported to the borough, you made your $50 payment after the fact, what the borough will calculate is that 30%. However, if you make your payment before your payment date, they'll do it at 250 divided by the 1,000 and that's 25% and that's a lower utilization. So that's something to think about. And that's something that I really found out like a few years ago, the trick about paying your, your credit card before the payment date. And how do you, if you want to know what date they report to the boroughs, you can just call your credit card and just ask for what they're reporting um, date is to the credit boroughs. And that can help you decide when to pay. But generally, a good rule of thumb when it comes to your credit utilization is to keep it below 10% as much as possible if you can. At, as, of, as of the end of every month. Of course, if you're paying down debts over time, you may not have that as an option, but the goal is so long as you're paying down your debts, you're getting your on track and you'll get there at some point. The third thing to do is, you know, ask for a higher credit limit. So going back to that credit utilization calculation, it is amount used divided by total limit. And so if even if your credit card balance or loan balance is, is static or stays the same, if you're able to get your, your limit increase, that automatically reduces your utilization um, calculation or percentage, and that can also improve your credit score. And so how can you improve, increase your credit limits? Ask for it. I mean, there are times and I've had times where I haven't asked for it and I've just gotten an email saying, oh, your credit limit has been increased. Oh, your credit limit has been increased, which is great. You know, reduces my utilization, shows that, you know, I, I have this much of a limit and I don't use it or abuse it. Um, so if you want a higher um, credit limit, um, but it's not being offered to you, call your provider. And so I've also called to ask for a limit because I just wanted to have a, a bigger limit just to improve my improve improve my um, utilization and, and all of that. Chances are if you've been making payments on time, there hasn't been a, a negative you know credit event and you still have your income and all of that, you're likely going to get a yes and get an increase in your credit limit. It just it's just gonna look at again like I said earlier your payment history. A fourth way that's not as popular, especially for someone that has no credit or for someone that has bad credit and is trying to rebuild from scratch, or for example, someone that has had to file bankruptcy and is trying to rebuild credit from scratch. So this way is to use a secured 
credit card. And so it does mean that you will have to kind of go and go the extra mile to get some credit. Um, and so if you're building credit from scratch or you're recovering from something, you know, something um, bad that happened with your credit, a secure credit card may be one of the few options that are available to you. And so you get a credit card, but it is secured by a deposit. And that deposit is typically equal to the amount of your credit limit. So for example, you may get a secured credit card with a bank of about $500, but then you have to pay a $500 deposit. And so that way, since you have not established yourself to be credit worthy, the financial institution has to protect themselves. And so they get that deposit from you. It's like a, a, however, based on how you use the card, it's like a normal credit card. And so you just use it and swipe it within your limits and you make payments and all of that. I think one thing to make sure you check on before you kind of get a secured credit card is to confirm that the creditor, the financial institution, reports, sends your, sends your credit updates to the credit bureaus every month because there's no point if you get a credit card from an institution that does not report it, then it's not improving your credit score. Your credit score improves when the three main credit bureaus, at least in the U.S., and there will be credit bureaus in, in, in Canada and and, um, and the U.K. or wherever you are, if they're not getting your update to kind of show that, oh, this person has turned around and is making payments, then it's really pointless. So make sure you double check and ask, you know, the question. And then once you do that over time, after a while, you start to build credit. You're, you can apply or call the institution and ask for, um, you know, either a different unsecured credit card and just apply elsewhere or ask that the card no longer be secured. And so that's a way to build your credit if you're starting from scratch or if you start from scratch because you've never established credit, like, for example, when you're new to a country or because you've had bad credit in the past. Okay, getting on to number five, don't close your credit cards. And so remember that $300 Wells Fargo credit card that I got when I turned 18 years old? Well, I still have that credit card today and I have not gotten rid of it because it is my longest piece of credit history. And so I don't own a home and a mortgage is usually a big part of um, people's credit history. I don't own a home, I've never taken out a mortgage. And so for me, it's important that I keep, you know, my long-standing, stable pieces of credit and my credit history. And so I've had other credit cards that I've closed off, like the ones I used for like, you know, retail shopping and Macy's card, all of that, which I used to pay off, but I just don't need to have all of those cards. So those I've closed off, um, but I've always kept my longest standing credit. And I also, also, of course, have another credit card now. I have just have two main credit cards um, that I use. I'm not into having so many. As you pay off your debts, don't go crazy and go, you know, call and cancel your credit card. You can cut up your credit card to, to prevent yourself from spending it. But as far as your financial institution is concerned, to them, you still have that credit card. And so if you're trying to pay off debts and you don't want to be tempted, you can do two things. Three things, actually. Give your actual credit card to someone that will not make it available to you. Two, um, freeze it inside a block of ice so you can access it. Or three, cut it up with a pair of scissors. But whatever you do, if it's your longest piece of credit, don't call and cancel the card. 
And then the next thing I want to say that's maybe not as popular is the fact that you can ride on someone else's good credit. And this one's going to require, you know, some element of trust, right? And so if you have a close friend or family um, with good, consistent credit over time, and this is and this is particularly common with parents and their kids, right? So you see that many there are many kids that start off with amazing credit, and that's because their parents literally gifted them with good credit. But it doesn't have to be just limited to family. So friends can do it and all of that. But let me first explain how it really works. So essentially, if there's someone that I want to add, I have good credit, I want to add and help them improve their credit, all I need to do is add them as an authorized user on my credit card. And so that's why there's a trust thing there. Um, you don't necessarily have to, have, they don't have to use the card. They don't have to have a card, right, to see the improvement in their score. They essentially inherit your own good behavior over time. If you do choose to have someone as an authorized user of your credit card or on your on your credit card, make sure that you've had the conversation, you know them, you trust them, and you're fully okay with helping them for whether it's one year or whatever the period that is. However, if you are the one um, and, and confirm with them that they're not going to call up the bank and say, oh, mail me your card, it was a mistake or something. But on the flip side, if you are someone that's been added to someone else's card, you know, just make sure you have the conversation with the person with the good credit to make sure that they don't go ahead and make bad decisions when you're on there, because that will then you will suffer if they make bad decisions as well. So. You will take the benefits, but if they mess up their credit, you'll also suffer for it because you both are kind of listed as the people making any decision that they make on the card. And so how soon will it take to see results? If you have low credit, you could start to see results as soon as 30 days later. Um, so it's easier for someone with low credit to see the benefits and make improvements versus someone with an already strong credit. I, I'd say if you already have strong credit, it pretty much isn't worth it. Like, there's no need for you to do that. You can kind of establish your credit, you know, by yourself. And so there are a few other, you know, tips. Another tip that I, you know, I didn't, I said I already said six, but one extra one that I'll say is um, diversify your credit, right? So have credit cards, have installment loans, a mortgage are probably some of the more, more common ones. I'm not saying have 10,000 credit cards, but diversification of the nature of your credit also kind of shows that you're able to um, you know, establish good credit on different types of, of loans. But I'll also say while the mortgage might be a big one, I haven't had a mortgage, but I have a, a, a great credit score. So you don't have to have had a mortgage to have an excellent score, a great score. And I guess, you know, it's kind of a bit roundabout because my personal goal as a person, and I hope that that is your goal as well, is that I, I would not need credit, right? But I would like the, uh, to have the option to use it when I need to. Because I think one thing you'll see is that many times the wealthy use credit and use leverage to build wealth. And so I would like to have the option. I would not like to have the door just shut to me because, you know, I didn't take the time to, to build and grow good credit. And so... Yes, I don't want to need credit, but I want to have the option. But I also want to use it to build wealth. So an easy way that I use credit to, to enjoy my life is through travel points. So yes, I put a lot of things 
on my credit card and I get points and I convert it to miles and I travel with it. And that to me, that to me is a win. And of course, I'm disciplining that I pay off the credit card monthly. So that way, my use of credit is working for me. And so as we wrap up this episode, I want to say, you know, I hope that these tips have helped you. I hope you've learned at least one thing new that you could do today to improve your credit. Um, But I also want to say don't obsess over your score, right? So once you're in the very good range, right, it doesn't really make a big of a difference whether you move from very good to excellent from a scoring standpoint. I think the biggest difference if you go from fair to good, that would definitely change what kind of interest rates or what kind of credit offerings are provided to you. And so if you're in the fair range or in the low range, definitely work towards getting into the, the good, the good range. And if you want, if your goal in life is to have a perfect credit score, then by all means, knock yourself out. But I would say after a while, it's really just a waste of time. And so we've shared, you know, six tips or six and a half with an extra bonus seventh tip to help you improve your credit score right now. I hope that somebody listening has found one thing that they can do differently or one thing that they can share with somebody in their lives to do differently to improve their credit score. But absolutely, ultimately, I hope we don't need it. I hope we are so well set up that we do not need credit. That is the ultimate freedom. But until then, let's make the right choices and let's build good credit. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and I will catch you next week. But if you haven't done this, it's an extra plea, aside from the standard um, outro here, to beg you to please rate, review the podcast. Um, That does excellent things for for me and for, for the platform. And it just shows that we're doing a great job and providing value, which is so important to me. Thank you for listening. And I will catch you next week. Have a great week. Hey there, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Rich Immigrant Podcast. Before you go, I'd like you to know that there will always be room for you at this table. And as I wrap this up, I'd like to ask for your help with a few things to help support and amplify the message of the podcast. First, please subscribe. Click the subscribe button and that way you're notified of new episodes. Second, if you enjoyed this episode, please write and review the podcast. That way you're signaling to Apple that the content here is, you know what, popping! And you amplify our message to other potential listeners. And last but not least, please follow us at Instagram at The Rich Immigrant. And as we go out into the world, I hope that you're encouraged to show up and live fully in whatever country you've chosen to call home. Ciao, bye, or double. See you next time.